Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Meaning Studies. I'm joined by Dr. Darren Bourne, musician, Buddhist, Baduin, and a good friend. The Latrix Matrix instalment, The Matrix Resurrections, is our launching off point for a conversation around free will, fiction, and the event. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Nicholas. Nice to be here. So, um, Darren, you saw the film for a second time um, just the other day. What What is your reaction? I completely loved it, but then I am a bit of a Matrix fan, so it's fairly easy for me to like it. <laughs> um, but it did all the right things for me. It made me smile. Uh, it's been quite a long wait to, to get the next episode, so it kind of, yeah, it, it kind of it paid off. Uh, I'm speaking to lots of people at the moment who are saying that they didn't think it was up to much or the papers aren't being very nice about it and stuff. And it's like, I, I, I don't get that at all. I thought it was amazing. I thought it was fantastic. There's, there's something quite nice about the, the homage it paid to its own, its own history and particularly to, to number one, which is The Matrix. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's, it, was, it was nice on that way, in that, in that way. Yeah, I think it, it feels like a true spiritual sequel to The Matrix 1. Yeah. Um, and after this week, having watched 2 and 3, I, I liked aspects of 2 and 3, but I felt that they um, they struggled because um, they spent a lot of time outside of The Matrix, and I thought that that world of Zion actually wasn't really very interesting and that the kind of really groundbreaking stuff was in the matrix and i thought that what this film did really well was to kind of set up a new matrix and to explore and comment upon our world next what does the matrix mean to you darren it's an exploration of what's real i think that's probably quite a good headline summary there's something about the suspicion that this isn't quite what we think it is um, that I think resonates with people. It's kind of like, yeah, I thought that as well. You know, it, it isn't quite what it seems, is it? Um, and so I really like this kind of pointing to a truth that's not quite as apparent as it seems. Um, and I certainly find that really attractive. But, and, and I think that's kind of, you know, because I'm a, I'm one of, you know, I'm, I'm a searcher. I kind of, I, I like to try and kind of find out what's, what's really going on, what's really true um, and what's underneath it all. Mm, and rewatching the trilogy this week, um, almost back to back, um, it was, I noticed that it was very strong that the debate between free will and determinism um, runs through this idea of choice um, incredibly, incredibly important in the trilogy, and uh, I think that they mentioned that in the in the new film. Um, do you think free will is possible? Um, I do actually, I, I, I do, um, but I think it's relatively rare. I think I think it's it feels like it's fairly rare, um, and and it probably comes in flashes, and it's probably very. Um, uh, unpredictable and I, and I don't think we decide to have it I think I think that's the key it's kind of it's it's I think wanting to to have free will is is um 
is not something we can decide to do. It's something that just it just happens. Um, I think the, the for me the, the metaphor that I um, used and found in my practice in Plum Village um, was this puppet master. Um, and it was really interesting because um, my practice was to slow down. Um, so so I was I was um, committed to walking slowly everywhere. Um, and what was really interesting was um, by having this commitment to walking so slowly, um, I could feel these strings of, of um, imaginary, typically imaginary fear pulling me in various directions. And it was this, and I kind of imagine it as this puppet master who was, who was kind of masquerading as all of these different people that was attempting to pull me um, to basically walk faster um, in various different directions. And it was a really good practice just to slow down because it felt like I was kind of cutting some of these strings that had previously been pulling me around in all sorts of directions. So I think I'd recommend this to anyone that just to put on this break is a really good way to observe how previously we're, we're being pulled in so many different directions. For me, the insight into, into the matrix came from looking at the etymology of the word matrix, um, which comes from the old French matrice, which means womb or uterus, um, and then directly from the Latin matrix, meaning pregnant animal, from a source origin of, of matter, uh, meaning mother. So this, this insight kind of um, has enabled me to see the films in a new, new light if you replace the matrix with title of basically the womb and mm-hmm. as to see the film as a comment upon um, this, um, all of these different pods that these mm-hmm. human beings inside a uterus. And I think of the cinema as um, almost a kind of um, a kind of womb, the the, the darkness, um, and how I see, um, say, films like Spider Man, um, No Way Home, which is in the cinema at the moment, which is very much playing on nostalgia. And I think that the the new Matrix does actually comment upon this this idea of nostalgia being a kind of womb like um, existence. Um, so that's that's my philosophical take. Mm. What do you think of that? No, that's really interesting, and, and uh, it, I knew it wouldn't be too long before I started to mention Badu. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so rather handily, uh, Alain Badu has actually retranslated uh, the um, the Republic by Plato, um, and the cave when when he translates the cave episode, um, the the cave allegory, um, he casts it in a cinema. Um, which I think is kind of interesting. And I, I don't think he's the, the first person to do that, but, but it's kind of, you know, the cinema is this, you know, we're in this uh, phantasmagorical space where we're being shown stuff, you know, we're being fed stuff. And it's, um, but we don't know, we think we have this wonderful free will. Um, and 
but we really don't we just don't realize it and it's kind of a, and so that that's a, it's just a nice kind of retake on 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 kind of that that kind of story and 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 just so that you know i mean badu is one of the very very few contemporary philosophers who actually has any time for plato and and he has an awful lot of time for plato i mean you know i mean bothering to retranslate the republic is not not nothing um so yeah so that's uh, so that's an immediate kind of like link for me that, that that's really important um back to Badu um he he has quite a determinist view of of um of how things operate how things work how things day-to-day -day work um and he he relies on on the event you know the the kind of like the 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 completely um crazy destabilizing unexpected comes from nowhere kind of event um, that he spends quite a lot of time describing. He needs that to knock us out of our determined uh, route uh, through, through, through whatever we're doing. We, we can't actually become subject to any kind of truth without an event, is, is his claim, which I think is really fascinating actually, because um, I certainly feel freer than that, but I'm not sure I am. You know, when you know when you think through it, you think, well, actually, actually, how free am I? You know, it's it's difficult to know, and it, yeah, and it's and so so what he does with his thinking, he um, he says, well, yeah, you well, actually, he, he relates it to the cave at one point. It's like you know, you how do you leave the cave? How do you so you're in this thing? You you kind of you're, you're enjoying the fruits of the cave. Um, how do you get out? And he's saying, well, you know, you probably need an event to do that. You probably need something that's completely destabilizing um, and kind of like the, the removal of the, of, of kind of like the control and removal of the, um, um, the determined aspect of, of your life, which is, and, and, and that's random. And what's the important part of that is that it's, it's random. It's by chance. It's, it's not predictable. You can't bring it on. You know, you can't, um, decide that this is going to be the next new thing um and i think that's important too because i think also um badu who who was for a time a kind of a a, a really big fan of kind of like maoism and, and so on and kind of you know just kind of looking at how the how the the communist experiment was working out and clearly or not working out um and i think yeah there, there's something about um how he then looks back at the last century and kind of goes, yeah, you know, probably didn't get that right. You know, kind of, I think the, the, the mistake we made was in thinking that we had free will. The mistake we made was in, um, in thinking that we could be uh, the, the, the decider of how things play out, you know, the, almost like we could invent our own event. We can invent our own event. <laughs> and so, the difficulty with the revolution, the revolutionary idea, is that it's an attempt to create an event, isn't it? And and and, and but interestingly, Badu doesn't allow that. He doesn't allow us to decide to have a revolution because it doesn't work like that. Revolutions happen, um, but they happen and they they're, they're not driven by people, which I think is really fascinating. And so so even even someone who <laughs> who thinks very deeply about this kind of like this divide of, of free will and, and and kind of determinism even he doesn't allow a break out of the determinism just by deciding or, or you know, or somehow believing we have free will, which I, th I think is really fascinating. And it's, um, 
it's kind of worrying on one level, but um, it's also, I suppose it, I suppose it makes, makes one uh, less, less afraid of an event because there, there's good aspects to it. It's probably extraordinarily and ridiculously destabilizing, but at the same time, it probably is, you probably do need it <laughs> to, to be able to get off your tram line. Uh, which is easier said than done. Um, why, why do we get so invested in fictional characters? I suppose in well, we relate to them, don't we? In some way, I, I would have thought. Um, and there's also a, I suppose, there's an ideal version of reality there, and it's kind of and and, and maybe you know, to, in terms of the nostalgic thing, there's a. There's a um, there's a familiarity there that's, that's comforting in some way. I mean, maybe it's just comforting. You know, it's kind of maybe um, the we like narratives, don't we? Because it holds us together. So it's probably very comforting to have a character that's stable in front of you, or you're reading about them, or they're on a film, or something like that. That it's um, it, it helps it helps you in your own illusion, I suppose. That's probably what it does. Mm, because are we fictional? Are we fictional? Yeah. What hell now? <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, it, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you invented yourself. I've invented myself. You know, it's kind of, you know, there, there's... You know, there, there's there's stuff that we like people to think about us, um, and and it's deliberate, and and that rabbit hole goes really deep. It's kind of like we that we've designed it. <laughs> it's kind of it's, we're like a film ourselves, aren't we? You know, we're we're kind of we're a nice big fleshed out character that we've spent quite a lot of time thinking about and putting forward and making sure that people get it right, and if they don't correct them, kind of like no, no, I'm this sort of person. I'm this sort of person. Um, I think it's um, I think it's what we do, but but unfortunately, you know, I suppose the, the the tricky bit is that we probably do that to ourselves too, and so you know we're also convinced that we're real, and that we're you know that we're kind of characters. Yes, do you think it's the, it's the archetypal nature of our thinking? Do you think that's um, what we see in um, narratives and what what kind of the what kind of crosses over from from films and books and fictional narratives into our own thinking as these archetypal roles that perpetuate yeah i think so and they're comforting aren't they because they're they're recognizable they're yeah i think so i think so i often kind of really struggle with this sort of stuff because it's um we we kind of have to think in similar ways, don't we? Because we've got we've got the same hardware, we've got the same mashed potato in our skull, and um, <laughs> and, and the muscles that we have are similar. You know, everything's it's 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 of a nature, isn't it? It's it's of a, it's of a type. You know, we're all completely unique, but we, you know, we we have two arms and a mouth, and a you know, it's kind of it's we we're 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 kind of we're from a mold. Um, and that forces us to think in a certain way, you know. So, so I suppose if you if you walk along, I don't know, if you just take a few steps, um, there are there's a 
relatively limited way of taking those few steps on that you know kind of it's vastly complex but at the same time you're still putting one foot in, in front of the other and it's however you do that um even if you're in the ministry of silly walks it's kind of you're still putting one foot in front of the other so there's there's a basic kind of like factual actuality to 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 what you're doing um and so so in a funny sort of way we can't help ourselves but think in a similar way you know to we, we you know we, we are there's something I'm, I'm increasingly convinced that we're ridiculously determined you know however 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 free we think we are i'm fairly convinced that i'm increasingly convinced actually that we're not free at all uh, you know, like really very much not free at all um and everything we do or say is completely determined um which is a slightly scary thought um but but yeah it's 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 some it's sometimes hard to to escape from that as a kind of like a wow you know that that probably is if you just think of you know all, all the stuff that drives you um you know how much choice do we actually have even if we think that we've got loads and loads and loads of choices kind of it's um even that is a decision of, of what sort of person we are oh, well i'm very free aren't i uh, it's kind of that's what i want to think about myself i'm very very free um yeah it's interesting do you think free will is possible um i do actually i i, I do um but i think it's relatively rare i think i think it's it feels like it's fairly rare um and, and it probably comes in flashes and it's probably very um uh unpredictable and I, and I don't think we decide to have it i think i think that's the key it's kind of it's it's i think wanting to to have free will is is um it's not something we can decide to do it's something that just it just happens are you getting deja vu in keeping with the philosophy behind darren's music just been scattered throughout this podcast and you can find on soundcloud as half unusual i thought it'd be quite fitting to leave this conversation here existing as an incomplete strange loop in the universe thank you for listening hi nicholas nice to be here